the Taurus. Tauruses are stubborn as fuck, okay? They are fatties. They love to eat, eat, eat. Welcome back to Astrology with Alexis. My name is Alexis Massarella. This show is brought to you by Distraction Magazine with a new episode every two weeks. In the last episode, I made several controversial statements regarding my love for Virgos. But in this week's episode, we will be discussing the qualities of astrology. We will be reviewing the differences and meanings of the modalities, cardinal, fixed, and mutable signs, the elements, fire, earth, water, and air, and the dualities, femininity versus masculinity. The great thing about this episode is that everything I'm going to talk about will somehow apply to you. So this isn't one of those season specials where, you know, you might not have that sign in your chart, but understanding the qualities and how they affect your sign and how they connect to the other signs, it's really going to help you connect with other signs and see those relationships and then how they affect you. We're first going to take a look at the modalities. So there are four signs to each category of cardinal, fixed, and mutable. Each quality has a special role to play in relationship to their placement within the four seasons. Cancer, Aries, Libra, and Capricorn share the cardinal modality. The cardinal signs are known as the initiators of the zodiac. You are not likely to find a person in this group slacking off. They like to keep one step ahead of the crowd. Let's go, lesbians, let's go! They have a strong need to control what is happening around them. If you are a cardinal sign, your job is to initiate the season. You are the leader which brings forth that season. Cardinal signs are pioneering and enterprising. So cancer controls emotions, home, and family, and initiates the season of summer. Aries look for leadership and control in many areas, and initiate spring. Libra likes to control the social atmosphere and their partnerships, and they initiate autumn. And then lastly, Capricorn uses and controls the material environment and initiates winter. For the fixed signs, if you are a Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, or Scorpio, and the fixed signs are not as interested in manipulating their environment as their cardinal brothers and sisters. They are happy to concentrate on personal matters and will resist outside attempts at trying to change their lives. Stupid, I'm not gonna let you get the chance. Now I know that, you know, since I'm a Taurus, stubbornness is a very stereotypical trait associated with only Tauruses. But the facts of the matter are that if you're a fixed sign, we all have this innate stubbornness, which is so true. You know, when I go to a restaurant, I order the same thing over and over and over again. I don't know why, but it's like I associate one meal to that restaurant. And I don't know if that's like a Taurus thing, but I think it is like one way that I like to have consistency in my life. There's just something so fearful, I think, for fixed signs about an unpredictable moment or, you know, an unpredictable task. You know, when you're getting yourself into something that you haven't experienced before, you haven't had before, there's a fear there of that failing you. So we'd rather stay in this unchanging, happy, little consistent area of life that we're in rather than take these risks and then be disappointed. Another thing about fixed signs is that we tend to hang on to the past, which is our biggest weakness. I'm not fucking leaving! But we are strong in our stability, which is so fucking true. I feel like I should have an alarm that goes on in this podcast every time I'm going to talk about one of my exes. And I don't want to get too deep into it, but when I was a freshman, just for some context, in the fall I was in a relationship that only lasted a couple months, but it genuinely took me 
probably a year to fully get over that. Most of you are probably listening and saying, oh my god, this bitch is literally insane. But I'm not. I just, I have a Taurus Venus as well, so that means when I fall for people, you know, if you have a fixed sign in your Venus, you probably get stuck on your exes a lot. Look, you're a simp. It's not like you don't start trying to move forward. There's just that, you know, little thought in the back of your mind that like misses what it was. But now that I'm finally at that stage where I'm like, oh, eh, that relationship wasn't supposed to last any longer than it did. I'm at peace with that. And I think that's one of the positives about having a fixed Venus or even a fixed moon or a fixed sun is that you fully feel all of the pain that comes from that breakup or that separation. But when you are finished feeling it, you are truly done. And I think that is something that fixed signs actually have an advantage against the other signs. And we're going to get more into that later as well. If you are a fixed sign, you are the second month in that season and it is your job to maintain that season. So fixed signs concentrate energy and solidify ideas. Taurus is the more mainstream of the bunch and we maintain the season of spring. Leo has a hard time adapting behavior to different circumstances and maintains summer. Aquarius can become stuck in a negative self-image and maintains winter. And lastly, Scorpio has a tendency to get mirrored in the emotional mud and maintains autumn. However, all of the fixed signs are able to stick things through. This is why I think fixed signs are actually able to get along super well. We all value dependability and that's exactly what we provide. If you are a fixed sign, you are a really good friend. That doesn't mean I don't have my problems with Aquarius and Scorpio because trust me, when we get into that season, I'm going to fucking rip them a new asshole. But I think that they can be very good friends. I mean, I have one of the most important people in my life is a Scorpio. One of my closest friends is an Aquarius. They are few and far in between and they must have some other placements that make them tolerable because when that, you know, sun sign of Aquarius or Scorpio starts creeping up, it really makes me want to never speak to them again. Happy birthday. Bitch. At least there is some kind of dependability there. They are predictable. Even in their bad traits, they're predictable. I see the type of person you are. Moving on to the mutable signs of Virgo, Gemini, Sagittarius, and Pisces. This group is the most exposed to environmental influences. It's easy for these people to let go, but they do tend to look for security to anchor their own instabilities on. If you are a mutable sign, your sign is the third and final month within each season. The role for these signs is to prepare for the transition to the next season and their traits are communication, flexibility, and destruction. Virgo is very much dominated by his or her environment and prepares for transition in late summer. Gemini tends to change ideas and directions often and prepares transitions for late spring. Sagittarius goes through life with a continually adaptive view of things and prepares for transition of late autumn. From the outside, Pisces appear to adapt to their environment and prepares transition for late winter. Now let's move on to the four elements, fire, earth, water, and air. And if you are an Avatar fan, you should actually find this extremely interesting and how this affects you because these elements do apply to astrology. So all the astrological signs are evenly divided into these four main elements. Knowing what element rules your sign will help you understand many of your most basic personality traits. Knowing what elements predominate in people you know will help you understand and communicate with them better. 
So first is fire, and fire is a symbol of creation, energy, and passion. According to some astrologers, fire is considered to be the first element that was born when the universe was created. It rules Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, hence their passionate nature and over-the-top enthusiasm. A birth chart with prominent fire most likely belongs to a person who is active, competitive, and highly passionate. Now this just doesn't mean your son, and this is where people get confused because they put all of the responsibilities of astrology onto their sun sign. But if your sun sign is the only fire placement in your chart, you most likely will not have predominant fire quality. So make sure to keep that in mind. But on the flip side of that, someone with fire in their chart can be very impatient and quick tempered. Channeling this element can help you tap into your inner child and creative muse. It can also help you feel very confident. With fire, there is little in the way of reflection. Fire is impulsive, and we have pride, passion, courage, creativity, and impulse. Fire is difficult to contain and is guided by spirit. Fire signs often take the lead and are idealist. These traits are associated with each of the fire signs. Aries is an innovator, concerned more about the present and the future than the past, and is brave and enthusiastic. Aries initiates and spearheads. Leo, as a fixed fire sign, is passionate and loyal, making an excellent manager. Sagittarius is a mutable fire sign and is more adaptable and flexible than the other fire signs, but also fiery and courageous. Sagittarius is often a spiritual leader. Next, we have the element of Earth, and Earth is a symbol of abundance, stability, and solidity. The season most related to Earth is winter, and it rules Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn, which helps explain our innate persistence and practical minds. Now, this is true to a fault for me, because Taurus is ruled by Venus, and we have a lot of enjoyment from aesthetic, and we like to, you know, spend money and be a little bit frivolous. But at the same time, we are selective in spending our money, because I'm one of these people where it's like, I don't see a point in driving a car that costs more than a house. That just doesn't make any sense to me because it has the same exact function as any other vehicle. You could get a Nissan Altima or a Rolls Royce, and each of those cars are gonna get you from point A to point B. A birth chart with a prominent Earth most likely belongs to a person who is pragmatic, dependable, and realistic. Now, I would like to say that I am definitely dependable, and I'd like to say I'm mostly realistic, but to be honest with you, I am mostly made up of earth and air, and air signs, not realistic. They literally live in fantasy world. I fucking hate most air signs, honestly. Like, I love air signs, and I am constantly surrounded by air signs. I get along with them super well, but I also really understand, like, the inner workings of their brain, and I think the reason why I become so frustrated with them and frustrated with myself when I start to have those tendencies is because my earth really does ground me and wants me to be realistic, but my Libra moon wants me to suffer. On the dark side of earth prominence in the chart, these people can be very inflexible and ruthlessly stubborn, and we already kind of touched on that a little bit. But channeling this element can help you find stability and consistency in your routine. 
The Earth signs most associated with collecting and building are Taurus, the most practical and pragmatic are Virgos, and the most materialistic and cautious are Capricorn. So Taurus builds, Virgo labors, and Capricorn manages. Earth signs are grounded in reality. They're also sensual and very much attached to what they can physically see or touch. I know I haven't gone over my own chart in this podcast, but just so you guys have a little bit of context, I have a Taurus sun, a Taurus rising, and a Taurus Venus. And it's very true, definitely with the sensuality of wanting to feel and touch and just be in person. It is very difficult for me to develop any kind of relationship over the internet, whether that's a friendship romantically. Like, if I meet someone on the internet, I will lose interest very, very quickly unless we set a date to go meet each other. I just feel like if you are not in front of me and I can't make that connection or break the touch barrier with obviously consent and where it's appropriate, it's very difficult for me to be interested in pursuing something with someone. I guess that's the same thing for when I was over quarantine, when my friends weren't directly in front of me, it was very difficult for me to keep contact. And I try my very, very hardest to be a good communicator, and I think I have an advantage with having a Gemini Mercury. Earth signs are skilled at managing and using resources. Earth signs want to know what works and wants to see solid results for their efforts. Order helps earth signs to feel in control and safe and they're very dependable. I used to always be shocked with myself that I did not have any Virgo placements because I am such a freak for order. I love having some kind of understanding for the way something works. Abstract ideas do not sit well with me. And even if you look at my schedule, I block out every single hour of the day of what I'm doing. If I'm hanging out with someone, it's on the schedule. If I'm doing homework, it's on the schedule. But you don't necessarily need to have a Virgo placement to crave this kind of order to feel safe. That's actually just an earth sign trait. Moving on to water, water is a symbol of emotion, dreams, healing, intuition, and the universal realm. According to agent astrologers, it also represents death and rebirth. It rules Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces, hence the highly intuitive nature and mysterious demeanor of these signs. A birth chart with prominent water most likely belongs to a person who is naturally perceptive of their surroundings. On the opposite end of the spectrum, however, these signs can be moody and hypersensitive. Channeling this element can help you tap into your emotions and bring you closer to the spirit world. Water signs rely more on their senses than logic. They're nurturing, perceptive, psychic, and understanding. Cancer is emotional, focused on the home and family, and an expert at nurturing. Scorpio is an expert at understanding deep desires, motivations, and intimate connections. Pisces understands on a spiritual and universal level and is especially compassionate and impressionable. The last element of air is a symbol of communication, intelligence, and versatility. According to Asian astrologers, air represents the breath of life and is attributed with a cleansing power. It rules Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius, so that explains their charming social skills. Now remember, I have a lot of air in my chart as well, so I have a Libra moon, a Gemini Mercury, and a Gemini Mars. Anyone who meets me knows absolutely how charming I am. I charm the pants off of absolutely anyone. Some of y'all gonna be haters. But I am kind of likable though. A birth chart with prominent air most likely belongs to a person who prefers thinking logically rather than emotionally. On the dark side, however, they can be incredibly indecisive and fickle by nature. Channeling this element can promote mental clarity and enhance your communication style. Now, on the terms of indecisiveness, my Libra moon, oh my god, 
I am so indecisive about how I feel about someone. I could hate them one day and then be in love with them the next and then indifferent the next, which is very frustrating for my grounding signs of Taurus in my chart. It wants to see me fail. My Libra moon does not want to see us win. Air signs are humanitarian, intellectual, social, and communicative. While air signs share the same element of air, they each have different modalities. So Gemini is the mutable air, Libra is the cardinal air, and Aquarius is the fixed air. Gemini is considered the most adaptable of the air signs and takes on a mental approach to life, expertly sorting, repatterning, and distributing ideas. Libra is the more action-oriented of the air signs and is excellent in comparing, weighing, and valuing ideas and principles. Aquarius is the steadiest and most stubborn of these signs and is an expert at intuitively grasping the universality of ideas and principles. Now we're on to the last qualities of astrology, which are the dualities of femininity versus masculinity. Each of the elements have a yin feminine and a yang masculine energy, but like everything in this ancient practice, staying balanced is essential to both our physical and spiritual well-being. By understanding which duality the sign is in, you can understand on what field the energy works. If we are talking about Capricorn, we are talking about inner discipline that will take you to the top. But if we're talking about Sagittarius, we are talking about an outer exploration of the world. Everyone has both masculine and feminine energy in them, whether you are male, female, both, or neither. Gender is a social construct. We all have the ability to an inner and outer world and we have the energy needed to explore both. The feminine signs are Taurus, Cancer, Virgo, Scorpio, Capricorn, and Pisces. Earth and water are feminine as they tend to be more nurturing and sensual. Feminine energy, on the other hand, is much more introverted. It is our energy that lies within. It is our inner strength. These signs usually need downtime in order to recharge. But now you probably are saying, oh, what if, you know, I'm a man who has a lot of feminine energy within their chart? Let's consider a Pisces man. So growing up, he'd probably be very vulnerable to negative energy around him since Pisces is a very sensitive sign. But when a Pisces son learns how to master the feminine strength, it is wonderful. However, if growing up a Pisces boy was always told to toughen up and quit being so sensitive, he's going to grow up learning to suppress this feminine energy. Rather than using his gift of understanding to help others, he'll begin to use it in a more negative expression. He learns to use manipulation, even if on a subconscious level, to get what he wants. You could also find drug use or alcohol as a form of escapism and unhealthily expression expressed Pisces energy. Rather than embracing his feminine energy, the Pisces man will try to fit into a masculine mold and it just doesn't work. The fact that astrology literally proves toxic masculinity. I'm not gay no more. I am delivered. If I have not sold you on astrology yet, I guarantee you that every single man who struggles with toxic masculinity has a lot of feminine energy in his chart. Mark my fucking words. I'm just going to move on to the masculine energy. And the masculine signs are Aries, Gemini, Leo, Libra, Sagittarius, and Aquarius. 
Fire and air are masculine as they prefer to communicate and take action. Masculine energy is what we have to project into the world. Masculine strength comes from what we physically do. Masculine signs are much more extroverted in nature. Now, my chart is equally balanced by feminine and masculine energy. And I think I get to pick and choose a little bit where I can be a little bit of an introvert. You know, I can be shy, I can bottom. But then at the same time, I am a true verse queen in the sense that I have enough masculine energy where if I want to get a little aggressive, I definitely can. Most women will find that they are perfectly happy as a Gemini or a Sagittarius. However, there is still some room for tension. The one sign that may have the most problems is Aries. Aries is ruled by Mars and represents pure masculine energy. So think of a young Aries girl with a mother who tries really hard to get her to be feminine. She signs her up for cheerleading, buys her a lot of dresses and makeup. The Aries doesn't want to be dainty. She wants to be competitive and passionate. If the Aries finds resistance, she will learn to use her Aries energy for war. Aries will use anger to get what they want, and this child would learn to be aggressive with her wants so that she could be heard. The moral of the story is stop fucking pushing these gender constructs on your kids. Let them be whoever they want to be and just teach them how to be good people at the end of the day. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up this episode of Astrology with Alexis. And for the next episode, I am doing something that I am way too excited for. We're going to do a full birth chart reading of Julio Frank. Anyways, guys, thanks for joining me. I hope you learned something new about your chart And I also hope to have maybe some roundtables in the future. I'm hoping that we can do some fire sign roundtables or water sign roundtables where I'll just get one person that represents each of the signs of an element. We'll get them to come in and discuss their similarities, their differences. And also, I just desperately need someone to keep me company. I'm recording this episode in my lakeside apartment. Yes, I am rich as fuck. I have a studio apartment at Lakeside. Stay mad, haters. But I want to have people on this podcast. I want to be with you guys talking about it rather than just speaking at my microphone. All right, I really need to shut up now, but see you guys in two weeks. Peace.